Hi guys, welcome back to the Once You're In, You're In podcast, special Q&A episode brought to you by Pepsi Max Raspberry. As you can see, we've uh, been luckily been sponsored by the, the kind guys over at Pepsi, so thanks guys for the uh, the, the sponsorship and, and the, the huge the huge amount of money Support. that you're paying us. Yeah, yeah, for the Pepsi Maxes that yeah. we now have to keep at the front of the table. Imagine if it got to that point in this podcast. Ridiculous. I don't think Pepsi would want to work with us, to be fair. Maybe like... My protein, yeah, Kyber, Kyber, yeah, Kyber, Kyber, Robbie, hook us up. We'll go for that. Yeah. Right, so questions, Q and A, Q and A. Do you want to quickly just talk about that? So Instagram, as I don't know, I think it's new, but basically, I had a dude, um, E L G Simo, reply a photo of him just hitting the most muscular. You won't be able to see, but he's hitting the most muscular. And it's quite funny because we, I actually got asked another question uh, regarding pretty much a, like, you need to do, like, a, to, so, Tyron Healing Official. I feel like that's not a real Tyron Healing. I feel like a ty, Tyron. Ty, Sounds like he's going to, yeah. one of them is going to get you. Yeah. Like no, but he's, he's competed before. Like, he's, he's got photos of him at a PCA show. So, he, Tyron Healing, that doesn't sound like a name. Imagine, my name's Tyron Healing. Like, that doesn't sound like a name. No, not most, most people don't introduce their first yeah. and second name but anyway you guys should start doing rate your physiques like three per pod i think it would be nice spelled n-a-i-c-e so nice nice and now the fact that instagram you can reply photos that's actually quite good because it means we can say right what we can do is we can say do like a let's say a rate your physiques episode um or like a part of the podcast part of the q a can be a rate your physiques you can send through your favourite photo, we can have a look, we can send them through to Sam to, to whack them up on the screen. And then also we can actually have a look at their account and see, because they might just pick a good photo, like for example the back photo I uploaded today, look so lean, when in reality you see me normally, you go, Jesus Christ, push harder bro. So yeah, that, this would be quite good. So Instagram's clearly got a new feature where you can now reply to question boxes with photos, which is a bit odd. So like, ask me a question and you put a photo. Yeah, but it's perfect for us to just put yeah. like, Rate, we're doing rate your rate your physique. Add, you, add yeah, photo below. Yeah, add your favorite photo, yeah. and we'll we'll go from there. So, yeah, we could make going. a full episode on it, or we could even just like start doing it as a. I I want to get to the point with the podcast where mm. we have like a structure. Okay. So like, we we do different sec sections or sectors. Um, mm. what, what's the word like? You know, if you watch a TV program, they've got different. There's a word for it. It's not sectors or sections, but modules. it's like no, it's not modules. Uh, I don't know what the word is. Somebody yeah. will, but basically, you have different like features. I guess that yeah. would kind of be it. Um, I'd like to do that, especially when we get guests on. Like I said, yeah. you know, we almost have like an icebreaker thing. Then we do yeah. like three rate your physiques. Yeah, and then we like obviously just chat like on the, over, on the overlap with Gary Neville. It's like right, so we've got bruises, a whatever you know that one exactly. Yeah, bruises a. Um, no, no, failures are bruised, not a tattoo. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. So now you've got to say this as a part of the. That, that, yeah, yeah, exactly, though. Like, it gives it more structure. Different segments. That's what Segments, yeah, yeah, I think that's what that's I was, what I was looking for. So. Like an orange. Yeah. 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 Right. Do you want to start us off, mate? Yeah. Please explain in the most scientific way. Oh, there we go. Great. Why we want high GI carbs post workout. Why, scientific, can we not just be simple and just say, well, if we think no, about... No, Ben Ridges wants the most scientific oh, way. I don't, I've, got, I've not got enough energy. Well, to you do simple and I'll try and fill in the gaps with some science. Okay. So basically, post-workout, our glycogen nice stores carbs. are going to be depleted or in a, in a more depleted state and we're going to be wanting to soak up nutrients. So as a result of that, what we want to do is we basically want a fast-acting carbohydrate source in the sense of something like cereal, something sugary, to pretty much replenish those glycogen stores as fast and as efficiently as possible and therefore start the recovery process in immediate effect. You wouldn't want to have a massive amount of fat and potentially, let's say, a slower digesting carb source because it can impair recovery by just the general sort of a body, our body's ability to break it down and taking a bit more time. Simple. Yeah, I think that's a bit of a blend. Like, it's not that scientific, but it's not that simple. It's like in the middle. Yeah, yeah so to add to that, I would say after a bout of exercise, whether it be resistance training, whether it be even cardiovascular training, um, but obviously if we're looking at in our realm, we're looking at bodybuilding, so resistance training. Um, so basically carbohydrates are 
shuttled. Obviously, um, this is like whenever you consume food, carbohydrates and nutrients are going to be shuttled around the body um, with the help of things like water. Obviously, your blood helps shuttle the nutrients around water, um, sodium or electrolyte levels. Um, and then we basically have um, something called um, GLUT or GLUT4. Um, which is it's going to be heightened post workout. Yeah, that's very, a coaching. That's a coaches love that. Very simply put, it is like your ability to uptake carbs is going to be greater when your GLUT4 levels or receptors are more sort of, if you like, uh, yeah, the, the sort of ability to increase or um, the ability to eat more carbs is going to be easier if you like post workout because your, your GLUT4 levels are going to be or GLUT4 levels are going to be greater. Like. That is the most sciencey I want to go, in terms of what I'm going to be like, how I can try and make it sound yeah. simple. Um, so basically, it's like, well, when is the best time in the day to eat more carbs? Realistically, theoretically, post-workout. Yeah. So it makes sense to eat more carbs post-workout. How is it easier to get more carbs in? Probably have a higher GI carb source. Yes. So if you're having a low GI carb source, you're probably going to struggle to get more carbs in. So that's kind of why it makes sense. But like, ultimately, it depends on the phase as well. Like. I'll have clients who when they're dieting and they're not on a lot of food, like I'm not like, make sure you have your cereal post-workout. No, no, no. Like, no, just have a carb source. If anything, you know, have something that's probably going to fill you up a little bit more. So maybe lower GI, maybe higher fiber, more satiating. So it's not essential, but it makes a lot of sense post-workout to have a high amount of carbohydrates in a short-term setting. That, that setting doesn't have to be within half an hour. It doesn't have to be within four hours, but it, make, it makes sense to have it closer to the workout yeah. when as long as digestion's okay well the don't, main aim is going to be to literally replenish glycogen stores so you, you don't want it to be like ideally like a second after you finish training last yeah. set straight away the thing is you're going to replenish those stores but, in the next two days regardless yeah. and like you said they're never going to be completely diminished and also when carbohydrates, they're going to these stuff yeah exactly and carbohydrates aren't also just immediate it's not like we have five grams of carbs and instantly they're sucked straight into what we've just trained it's going to be a case of what occurs over the next few meals the next few hours when we're sleeping and likewise just because we trained even if you've had the hardest session of your life i highly doubt there's going to be a case Factory's died on that one yeah. i highly doubt there's ever going to be a case where we were to really assess and think we and we need all that food to be shuttled in immediately because there's zero glycogen and likewise uh, glycogen available we're still going to have some present it's it's part of it where i think a lot of people can over assess and over analyze but as finn said like just keep it simple in the sense of you want to have your carbohydrates when you're going to be to, uh, able to assimilate them in the best spot possible that's going to be when glut four is at the highest point which is post-workout and as a result of that if you're in a gaining phase and you can get in a good amount of carbs post-workout makes sense in a diet recovery is probably going to be something you want to make sure to stay on top of for performance so therefore have them post-workout and go for something that's going to be easy to get in relative to the phase yeah and it also like it makes sense to probably eat as soon as your heart rates come down and yeah. you're in a more relaxed state to actually digest food i wouldn't wait any longer than that so if that's 20 minutes cool if it's an hour cool if it's five minutes cool yeah like eat when you feel ready post-workout as soon as you can yeah good one mate right your current split. Weird. I was just looking at my question, and my my question started with your current. That's oh, right. so you're the same one. Yeah. So, your, what's your current split, bro? What's your train split? So Monday is push, pushing arms. Tuesday is legs, more quad dominant. Wednesday is back, a uh, bit of side delts, a bit of arms. Or, to be fair, back, a bit of delts, a bit of arms. Because um, I've got a bit of rear delts in there. Uh, Thursday is rest day. Today is Thursday. Friday is legs, uh, more uh, quad dominant again. And then Saturday is density. a uh, posterior day, I density call it. Density day. I don't call it density. density. Posterior for me. So it's uh, basically back, glutes, hamstrings. Fair enough. Um, I say those leg days are more quad dominant, but they do have glutes and hamstrings involved, but they are more quad dominant. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Uh, for me, Monday is push. Used to be pushing arms, now it's just push, believe it or not. So push. Tuesday's lower, uh, Wednesday pull, delts and biceps, Thursday rest, today's Thursday, copy me, Friday push and then Saturday pull. So fairly similar, like the setup is pretty much the same, the only difference is I do push on a Friday where Finn does his quads pretty much or lower but more so quad focus on a Friday and then there's a few kind of caveats to how we have our kind of week set up. So on Saturday for example, mine's just a pull session with a hip hinge 
where with fins there's a bit more hamstring work and, and stuff like that and that's literally just a case of kind of set up relative to our needs and it worked quite well like we've ran this split now for the last like we both had the same setup as a period wasn't there where we were like yeah. trying to get our sessions to match yeah. up and like it wasn't working and then i'd like be like right i'm going to tra train like at this gym or whatever yeah. it was just a bit of a ball ache but we kind of just got to the point where we were like right most of our sessions kind of line up yeah. we can do most movements together and when we don't we don't yeah like, the only session we don't train together is friday yeah and even, even then, then like, we're there at the same time yeah we're there at the same time same gym and to be fair when i was injured at the start of prep we were actually doing that session together which was actually yeah. really good fun yeah that leg session was good yeah so that'll be the case of like how it'll be for this prep and for me and then likewise into into prep for finn like i can't imagine there's going to be a massive amount of change i think potentially when we're both in an off season we could reassess and see like we've spoke a few times about going to like four times per week again um, and I think it would actually be quite, uh, be quite enjoyable yeah. if we were to have like just a day set up around like just pressing, then like a day set around just pulling, and then we had like maybe I have one lower session if I'm we still in the podcast. Yeah, day set up around the podcast. Yeah, yeah that good. But yeah, either way, it was a case where like pretty much what we were going to do moving forward was potentially like we'd reassess after after we're both done with, with competing, but for for this year, but for this prep for me, and then likewise, Finn will be kind of when I'm done with prep, Finn will be in the the, the trenches of prep. Oh, yeah. We'll be yeah, we'll be we'll be continuing with this, and it's been literally the case. It's funny because like my technical training meso, even though things have tweaked and changed, but my actual split design has been the same for the last like two years. Which I think some people would be like, I need a new split. I need to do yeah, this. Say, like, that. Yeah. Very very rarely would we change our split. Like my maybe has changed very slightly yeah. from like when I started off season, but not really. Yeah. It's been like right, what do I need more of? Okay, here here here. Well, I've said this before, there's a reason why you need more through those yeah. body parts. Like, it's probably because genetically they're harder areas for you to grow. Maybe you're not that strong through those body parts. Like, for example, with me, like, with my lower body, like, it's come on a hell of a lot, but it's still weak compared yeah. to my upper body yeah. because it was really weak compared to my upper body. Yeah. So, like, it's not just going to happen in a year where all of a sudden, oh, I just prioritised my legs and now they're incredible and my upper body's yeah. shit. Like, it doesn't work like that unless you're genetically elite and you yeah. can do a meso and everything grows. Yeah. Like, well, all the area. Or a specialisation block. You do a posterior specialisation block and all of a sudden you've got a massive posterior chain. And then all of a sudden, the next specialisation block is like something completely different because yeah. you just have completely new weaknesses. You've lost it completely. Yeah, you're, it's a complete strength. It's when you see someone have like a, a, a six months off season, they're like turning a weakness to a strength. And it's like, no, it's. And then they die again, yeah, it looks bad again. Yeah. It's like, but yeah, yeah. Didn't, you just got fat. Yeah, you just got fat and you thought the fat helped and in reality, your yeah. bag's still shit. So, sort of. That's actually Some people just need to be told that. Like, you back still shit, mate. Come on. Uh, this is from Giacomo Bigotti. You know that guy, don't you? He's asked questions a lot. He's a good lad. Yeah. He, um, so he asked, your current caffeine intake? And then he put, by the way, thanks for the podcast, guys. Thank you, mate. Thank you for uh, watching and listening. Uh, caffeine content for me is pretty consistent year-round bar periods of prep. Right now it's a bit higher. Um, just based off uh, the fact of literally just a little bit of less energy availability, but therefore caffeine goes up. In my gaining phase, I so prior to prep, it was 150 milligrams of caffeine twice per week. So it was a white monster on two rest days. I had no caffeine away from that. I we've always just said like products on train. Yeah, just pump products. Like literally, I I, I used to always run stimulant based pre, um, and I was noticing like especially when performance was really really high. Um, and not more so appetite, but just general feel, like how I felt after my training sessions. Like when I was at absolute peak volume, peak performance, the amount of times I'd finish up at the gym and I'd like mentally just be absolutely ruined. And I was like, I think it was just the case of getting myself up for that many sets. And I went on holiday to Turkey and I trained in the morning um, and it was a case where like obviously no stimulants. And I remember like I trained really, really well. And even after like, granted the training intensity is not going to be the exact same, but I was still getting up for big sets and still training hard. And I remember like I'd literally train in the mornings and for the rest of the day, I'd feel like really mentally like still at it where when I was like, let's say training before, I'd be ruined after I was, I, I was training. I was awful. Like, my head just was like a constant mess. So I was like, right, I'm taking out stimps. Like, there's no need. Like I, my body fat levels were higher because I'm in a gaining phase. My energy availability was high. So I was like, I don't need stimulants at this point. And I took them out. So it was literally a white monster on rest day just because my rest day is a little bit more workload dependent or demanding based off actually me being present at a laptop talking. And then pretty much in prep, it's a case of just slow escalations up when needed. So for example, on a train day currently, 
I'll have one tab of like a, a caffeine, pretty much like caffeine supplement in the morning, just with my uh, other lipolytic, so that's I think 100 milligrams. I'll have a monster and then half a scoop of pre. So if I was to work that out, 250 and then 125, so 375 milligrams, which to be fair is probably the most I'd ever really want to go on to. And that's not, no, it's funny, but that, that's to some people would be like, oh, that's not that much at all. Some people get 500 milligrams of caffeine in daily. Yeah. But it's like, I'd rather not have that personally. So you used to have a lot more. Yeah, I used to definitely have more. Yeah. Like, I feel like we probably both did, like, when we were younger. Like, yeah. I used to be the kind of guy that like, I'd literally neck, like, two scoops of pre at neck silly times. Neck a bird. Yeah, two, two scoops of pre. I have to neck in a few birds. Two scoops of pre, and then, like, down it with a white monster and be like, why is my sleep not the best? But I feel like when you've gone from that, and especially the way we train, like, me being stimmed out my mind is not going to help me train if anything yeah it's going to take away from the session it's going to take away from recovery capabilities it, my appetite might be skewed it, it's just not going to be ideal so yeah currently it's half a scoop of pre um stimulant based pre um a white monster and then one caffeine tab per day on train days non-trained days just one to two monsters per day usually one if i've got a busier day i might have two but so that'll be 300 milligrams so yeah of it so that's the, that's my current caffeine setup what about yourself mate you have a black coffee in the morning that's it yeah. you haven't had a stimulant pre in years, years have you yeah. i think after i competed i took it out didn't i yeah um well when i was pushing back up like yeah. for the same reasons as you i remember saying to you i was like i've not had, i've not had a stim pre for ages and you it's just it's just habit it becomes yeah, it habit yeah. and it's like do you even need it like so i took it out and i was like i feel better my sessions are just as good if not better yeah. like there's no there's no difference. I wasn't no. noticing that, oh, I've taken caffeine out and now my session's gone to shit. Yeah. Like, if anything, I felt better. I felt like I had more composure and I didn't feel absolutely battered at the end of the session. Yeah. Um, and my appetite was better. And like you say, just general sort of cognition at the end of the day was better. Yeah. I didn't feel like I was crashing at the end of the day. So, yeah, at the minute I have literally just a black coffee in the morning, which if I was to guess, it's maybe about 80 milligrams. Mm. Uh, if that, to be honest, it's literally just one like black coffee pod, uh, and I kind of chop and change, so it'll slightly change based on the intensity that I use. But usually, it's like if you were to buy the pods, you'll know what I mean. It's usually from like eight to twelve. I, I like the the stronger ones, but still, they're not like stupid strong. Yeah. So I imagine it's about maybe sixty to hundred milligrams maximum, mm. um, and that might be like shooting on the higher side, to be honest. Yeah. And that's it. Um, I'll definitely have more throughout my prep, like exactly what Reese was saying as energy availability drops you're going to need you're not going to need it but it's definitely going to be beneficial you're going to yeah. need something to help so yeah it's very likely that i'll be having a little bit more caffeine as i get leaner next question maca morris i swear i swear maca morris is out to get me really yeah you ready what's he said who's more likely to win more shows this year out of you two yeah i think we answered that no nah, last, last last week it was like who's gonna get who's gonna be more successful this year <laughs> like and maca yeah Reese, all right. I've told you, it's not me. It's Reese. You don't know, mate. You never know. Okay, standards, I'm ready, to be fair. standards at some natural you know, shows, mate. That's what, the exact opposite of what I was going to say. The standards at the natty shows, especially the ones that I'm going to be yeah. doing, are a lot higher. I'm not saying that in in relation they're higher to the ones, especially the PCA one that you'll be yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like they are higher standard. They're not higher in in absolute terms they're yeah. higher in relative terms yeah so um i mean we'll have to wait and see he did put back your corners so i'm gonna back myself me me yeah Nah, you gotta back it well, mate, back I'm, it up with something I'm, I'm gonna be competing at the top level of amateurs so therefore me bro so am i in natural bodybuilding yeah but you're just turning up and just saying oh yeah can you judge me against them but you're not really getting judged it's not competing you're just gonna turn up and they're gonna go ah second corner what, because yeah. it's natural because of me? No, because of you. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're going to be like, up oh, second call out. Yeah. You know, okay. The step up. And, mate, they're going to look like, at you. Uh, they're going to look at you. Go they're too big. Go, no, they're going to go, he looks absolutely nothing like us on social media. Yeah, why does his back look so peeled on that recent Instagram photo? Why is he so soft? They, they know that anyway. Everybody like, knows. No, no, but then I can say, oh, I just didn't pee correctly. I was no, there. Everybody, everybody knows, before, mate. Everybody ten minutes knows. before. I was ready? No, mate, honestly, ten minutes before I was ready. What you looked like when you've structured oh, it a hundred times and literally screenshot exactly, it. Yeah, it looks exactly the same. But then I just had water retention. Yeah. I took too much of a diazide and just uh, You are the definition of like an Instagram bodybuilder. You know, when they turn up and it's like, Oh, he looks nothing like he actually looks. No, I, I look I'd say I look better in person, personally. You definitely don't. I, I definitely do, mate. I never no, met I've never don't. I've never met anybody, genuinely, who has ever said to me, I look better on Instagram, other than what you just said there. 
Jack Eagles and Danny, when I posed, they were literally like, what the fuck, this is so much better than Buzz. Yeah, they were on Instagram. Anyone I posed with, Josh Crogan, literally was said the same. He was like, Jesus Christ, your photos don't do justice. Nah, I'm lying to you. Honestly? I mean, that's because on the screen. You see me. That, you, yeah, yeah, but you see me every, every, every time, mate. You, you don't see the freak factor. Yeah. I'm such a mutant. I'm such a mutant. Yeah. So yeah, no, in all seriousness, I don't really know. if Because my prep could be done in three shows. It might be more. Finn, Finn's prep. I'm just going to keep doing shows yeah. until I have one more. I'm going to do all. One more. Like, you, yeah, like you're going to win. Maybe, mate. Maybe just focus on, you know. Like, until I have one more. Until you've won you. one. Until you've won one. Not oh, just until you win one, mate. Well, I have won one. I've won no, I'm on about this year. He's saying about this year. Who's more likely to win more shows this year? Oh, it's this not year. About no, about, not about recently, Reese. Previously, no. It's I this year. about previously. Well, it's like they say, you're only as good as your recent showing. Yeah. So, like, the second I compete again, yeah, my, you, got, my, you got beat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, by, by a freak who wasn't a junior. And to be fair, Macca actually messaged me about that, saying I should have beat him based off structure and PCA. You shouldn't. I shouldn't have. But Macca said that I should have beat him, so therefore I should have beat him. So technically, yeah, I'm you could like on the off. day it was like it was well, de- it was it was obvious he'd, he'd won. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But I would like to have seen the the, uh, the, the scorecard. I would like to have seen those scorecards. Right. So, um, uh, yeah. So Jack Piat. This is that I shouldn't have placed. This is an awful question. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. Do you agree with Ryan Carter's stretch mediated hypertrophy post slash podcast episode? You hate everybody's questions. I just haven't listened to them. No, but it's like, why? I'm not being horrible, but I, I haven't watched it, so I can't, I don't know. What, what was the question? Ryan Carter's stretch mediated hypertrophy post slash podcast episode. Do you, you even know? Post who, up. Do, you, okay, do you know who Ryan Carter is? I don't know who Ryan Carter is. No, Should I don't. we? I, maybe. I'm not sure. It's not a name that's got us, has it? Ryan Carter. We're not no. saying anything stupid. Ryan Carter PT, 300 followers, don't think it's him. Oh, Ryan Carter, 436,000 followers. Uh, Who is Ryan Carter? Um, Mobile, mobile phone bacteria. What to eat when you're at a petrol station? What's his stretch media in hypertrophy post? I'm not sure. It doesn't seem to pop up for some reason. So, yeah. Give us more context. Is he pro or is he he against it? Is Is he for... Doing stretch mediated hypertrophy training, or is he against it? Yeah, this is the thing I, w- I, w- I wouldn't entirely know. Without me watching, I, the reason why I said like it's a bad question is because I haven't watched. I wouldn't want to. Well, let's change the question. Okay. Are you somebody who thinks doing stretch mediated hypertrophy training is a good idea? Do you incorporate it, any of it into no. your training or for clients? I think there's going to be some benefits. It's the same, for example, if you were to ask me, are there going to be some benefits towards cold shower therapy and stuff like that in relation maybe not to hypertrophy but in relation to potentially other benefits of life you can understand and go potentially maybe you could look at x y and z however i don't have enough knowledge in the area because i haven't really researched enough and personally i haven't implemented it myself so i haven't got an opinion against my own kind of anecdotal experience or likewise with clients and therefore i wouldn't really want to comment on some things i can openly say i don't really know enough about it to kind of pretend and go yeah, I do think this. I don't do it. So as a result of that, I don't really believe in it. But that might be through ignorance. It might be through lack of knowledge. I personally say, if you were to look at the people that, let's say, if you're example, if you're talking at the top level, I mean, FST7, is that going to be a, is that going to be, but that FST7 isn't, isn't, yeah, isn't set up regarding just stretching, and it's fascia stretching. You could look at it and think like, I think there's definitely going to be benefits behind like loaded stretches towards latter end of sessions. If you look at something like Dante Trudell and the stuff that he's put up on his Instagram, more so probably in 2020, 2019, etc. When a muscle is, let's say, in its most like, pliable state post-workout, holding a, a deep stretch, I think can have some benefits. But then also I really question, like for most situations, could you just not just use that time to do another set that's going to be a high quality and effective sort of stimulatory effect of a set? And that's what was what I'd probably look for. So, yeah. I feel like you threw me under the bus there, bro. I felt like I, it was. A, what do you think? Do you like it? Do you do you it? Could, you could, yeah, I didn't throw you under the bus. I think yeah. you answered that really well. Yeah, I think I did answer that well. But you didn't. You, you kind of were coming at me like like the guy who's asked me the question, Ryan. Do you, <laughs> Mr. Carter? Do I answer? What do you Take think? Take off my mask. Yeah. Um, as far as I'm aware about it, is that like in probably the last year, it seems to be quite popular. Mm. Um. I'm like Reese. I don't know a huge amount about it. I've heard bits about it on podcasts. I've read up small parts of it. I think the initial idea came from a study which was stretching out wings of birds. 
Is this like after a set? So, so is this after every set? No, 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 it's not after every every set. Like I think generally, like how it is promoted and structured, or at least recommended in regards to how you structure it into training, would be basically doing like some form of lengthened sort of exercise and then pausing at the end of that given set or at the end of that given session okay. for those body parts. Yeah, yeah. And like I say, I th I'm pretty sure the idea came about from a study which was on about like stretching bird wings and then growing. Okay. I might be wrong, but I'm sure I read that yeah. and heard about that in the podcast. On um, Ryan Carter's Stretch Mediator. No, I don't know who podcast. Ryan Carter is. No. I don't know who Ryan Carter is. I'm pretty sure it was on Revive Stronger. Yeah. Shout out Steve, CMP team yeah, yeah, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Hall. Steve Hall, the boy. Um, so anyway, as far as I'm aware, like it is quite a new thing, maybe in the past year or so, yeah. which is similar to what you were saying with like you know Dante's stretch training, like DC style training and stuff like that, where you'd incorporate those stretches. I don't think it's a bad idea. Um, I think if you have time at the end of a session, then cool. You know, adding a couple of stretches here or there, like. Like Reese was saying, it's not just like going and doing a groin stretch, like oh, I'll just you know stretch my adductors or open the gate at the end of a session. Like you're actually going to be loading that that muscle. So, for example, doing like a the bottom of a pec fly with dumbbells yeah. at the end of a chest session, or um, potentially doing a quad stretch. So what I've I've actually recently incorporated it. You know, at the end of my leg sessions when you're posing, yeah, yeah. I'll do a quad stretch. So I basically go to the. We were doing that two years ago though. Yeah, 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 exactly. But we've had periods, and we should actually mention. We've had periods where we've like, done it and yeah. not been when we were limited with either load or availability of exercises. Like during the lockdowns, I remember us doing um, single arm tricep extensions. We did a quad stretch after our leg extension on the, the lower um, session, where you literally just like got onto your knees Remember and pushed it forward. Yeah, oh, that was brutal. Yeah. We used to do a like a leg. What was the leg extension that we used to do? It was Nautilus. Like, no, but what? Did no, it wasn't. Do? It was the live fitness no, one before they got was, rid of it. What was the I think we just used to do like a double drop set, yeah. and then we used to get off and do a like a thirty second. Like and the double drop was like fifty reps back. total or something brutal. It wasn't like our double drop set from an eight rep. It was like. 25 reps 20 yeah. reps 20 reps again it was something horrible and then into a quad stretch i remember actually a, an instagram post that you posted because i showed a few clients like yeah. what we used to do on like a check-in and i remember like literally I'll i remember around i was wearing time soon yeah it was december that actually yeah i'll come around next yeah, december. next december so we gotta wait so yeah but uh but yeah we definitely have had periods like we're not against it we just we don't really know enough in the sense of like maybe newer sort of research and nuance of how it's i implied. think i think that and there is benefit to it but yeah. then you could think like you were saying there's so many things that you could argue there is benefit to and it's almost like you've got to pick what you want to do like yeah. you could do so many different things and try and optimize absolutely everything that you do but it's it's difficult and it's even difficult to sort of quantify it like for example you know let's say you start doing it like for, like with me doing a quad stretch at the end of my leg session let's say in three months time i realize that my quads have grown a lot I'm not going to go, oh, it must be that stretch. No, no, no. I'm going to look at my leg press yeah, and go, go oh, well, I've added four plates to that mm -hmm. leg press. I'm going to look at you know any my belt squat and go, well, I've taken that from four plates to seven yeah, yeah. plates, eight plates. Like, I'm not just going to put it, it solely down to the stretch. It all adds into a framework yeah. of what we're doing. And I think nowadays, unfortunately, it is a trend to be like, I did this and it's completely changed yeah. everything. And it's like, Or no, I think I was the first one to yeah. do it. It's like gatekeeping, like you know, you've got yeah. to get into the to get into the club. You've got to know about yeah, it. Like yeah. I, like I say, I've I've researched a bit on it. I've heard a bit about it on podcasts. I think if you have the time and if you want to do it, then cool. I quite like doing it at the end of legs because it feels nice. Like I actually like that stretch in my quad, like mm. after I've trained legs. And you've you can argue as well, it's potentially going to help with blood flow and removal removal of waste products and recovery and reducing soreness, things like that. But then I'm not going to go to all my clients, oh, you've got to do stretches at the end of quads no. or the end of legs now. Um, final point on it, uh, I do think there's there's certain exercises that you wouldn't do it, like or certain things that you wouldn't do it, or certain body parts that right, you wouldn't want to do What's the worst exercise you'd do a low stretch upon? What would be like the one you go, no chance? What's like horrendously heavy in the length and weight just hurts? Uh, I'm going to say a horizontal leg press. Just rounding no, your lower no, back. No, no, a vertical leg press. Yeah. You end up like perforating your arsehole. Yeah, there's no wrong with that. No, no chance. But that no, happen. there's um, like certain body parts that they just wouldn't really be that beneficial doing it on. Like 
or I wouldn't really recommend like upper back probably not you're not going to get a huge amount out of that like if you think about when you're stretching your upper back do you really feel a good stretch in your upper back not really like whereas when you're stretching your quad you can get a real intense stretch same with hamstrings like what I also do at the end of my sets on hamstrings um especially on a saturday the last set at the end of the session literally the last thing that i do is i do some partials but then i also finish the set in a stretch and just lean forward so i'm already sat in the machine my quads are locked in like i can't escape basically and then i'll just create more hip flexion and lean forward and keep my chest up and i'll just sit in a stretch there as well so there are certain things where I'm like, yeah, I'm happy to do it. It's at the end of a session. It's not going to create too much fatigue. And it's like, is there potential benefit? Who knows? Let's try it yeah. and run with it for a bit. Um, but again, I wouldn't be like, oh, you've got to do it. But we're not like that with anything. No. There's literally nothing where we would go, what, you're not doing that? Yeah. Like may- Maybe basics like going to sleep and like eating. But you know, otherwise, yeah. we won't be like, you've got to do this. Yeah. Uh, I think we might talk about something like your basic structure. Yeah. We might speak like that, but we wouldn't ever be like, you've got to do this exercise, no. or you've got to eat this exact no. certain food or anything like that. Yeah. You've got to take gear. Got to. Have you got any good questions left or not? Well, just, that was my question, believe it or not, mate, so it's up to you. Got a few more. Uh, Moose and Moha, you versus Reese at go-karting. Who wins? Me. I back myself. Yeah. I'm good at go-karting, but I'm not saying, no, I'm, I'm pretty good. Yeah, you're, I'm heavier than you. Yeah. Do you reckon you beat me? So my only go-karting experience is when I was about 16 and I went in, when I was in Spain with my mate, okay. uh, all my mates, and they'd all like been before. Yeah, and yeah. Like, even Matt, so the guy whose villa it is, he's like got a massive garden, so he'd like practice in his dad's mm. car in the, in the garden and stuff. So like he, he, they could all kind of drive. Yeah, yeah. I had no clue. So I was awful. Okay. Like, I'd smash through the tires, I hit into a tree, like obviously, mate. Really? Yeah, I was, ta- I was talking about this the other day because my sister went go karting, so I was telling her about this. I was a, I was a kid. Like yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. Imagine you. I feel like the first time I ever went in a go kart, I was like, oh, I'm actually pretty good at this. Yeah, I was awful. Yeah. So I was like, I, I was like 15, maybe younger, maybe 14, 15, yeah. and I'd never done it. And because I was so small and yeah. so light, it was going rapid. Like I was, I was tiny. I was like five foot, and I had, I had no muscle. Like, yeah, I was yeah. tiny, but all of them were like normal lads. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean at that age. So like, down the straights, I'd overtake. Oh, yeah, I was absolutely. Yeah. It was a joke. Yeah, and then, and then, yeah, I didn't know how to control it. Yeah. So I was going that fast down the straight. So I ended up like in a tree. I've gone go karting loads, loads. Like, you're told not to get out or anything, are you? When yeah, you when, yeah. you when you like go off. So I was just sat there like in this tree, and like they were all like, how have we even ended up there? And like, like even the people at like, the Spanish people were like, Ooh, like what's going on? Oh, like, I don't know. Just ended up yeah. there. But, then, but by the end of the holiday, we'd been like three or four times, and by the end, I was. I was pretty good. I was probably, yeah. I was better than Bri. Shout out to Bri. I was better than Bri by the end. And yeah. down the straights, I was like, I was rapping. Yeah, but that's not, that's not oh, skill. That's not skill, that's just being light. I'm quite lucky. So Russell, my mum's boyfriend, used to race um, motorbike, like motorcycles like in his younger years. His son is actually, uh, runs his own like motorcycle, like, um, op- like shop park, op- like where they, they, they like import stuff in and stuff like that. And, uh, and Russell like watches all F1 and all that sort of stuff. And because he used to race motorbikes, like the, his understanding of lines, how to actually kind of drive and stuff like that, is really really good. And I've probably gone go kart in like maybe twenty, thirty times with him. Yeah, no, that should be quite good. And so I just always copied him because he'd know exactly where to yeah. go, and I'd just be, I'd have like that mentality of like I don't really care if I, no, I just don't care if I end up crashing. Like I'm, I don't, I just like I just go, yeah. I'll just fly into him. So I'd say for I'm go karting, like I'm very, I'm, I'm way above average. Like I'm, I'm good at go kart. I'd back myself against like most people. Sam, like, yeah, at some point on this podcast, you're gonna have to clip up every time that Reese says that he's like above average or really good I at something. Didn't say this, mate. I just sound more arrogant. Like if we went back through all these podcasts, I guarantee that we'll find like in in probably every other podcast mate, something mate, that's, mate, that I'm, you're I'm, amazing. I'm confident at go kart. That's cool. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. it. There's, there's no need to say anything more. Than that. Yeah, but you know, I, you know, when you say that, oh, I think I'd, I'd be good at it. Yeah. You don't have to tell me that you think you're above average or that you like. You just say, I think I'd, I think I'd be better than you. I don't know. No, but am I just going to go? Yeah, I think I'm all right. Go kart. No, I, I know I'm good at go kart. <laughs> yeah, because I know I'm not. Right. We're not good podcast. No, but if you were to say to me anything else, I go, oh no, I'm, I'm awful. <laughs> Ask me about badminton. Oh, I'm shocking about badminton. Tennis, awful. See, I think I'd. I'd but that's that. What's the difference there? Yeah, but I won't. Because you call me out when I say it. because it's how you say it. Because you go, I'm above average. Like. Mate, I, I guarantee you are. We're probably above average at most things we yeah. do because we're not. Oh, we're like, above. Like, oh, Sam, cut that out. 
<laughs> Cut that out, think, get that bit. Oh, Finch is a woman above average, oh no. No, you know, it's how you say it, it's funny. It's like, you, you have to premise it with, I'm probably above average, or I'm probably, like, I'm this good at it. Like, instead of being like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good, or I'm, I'm be I reckon I'd beat you. Like, I, I reckon, reckon that's a bit of over analysis there, if I'm honest. I reckon I do be. I, I, it's just how you say it. Okay. I reckon we could find them all. Okay. Especially whenever we talk about water polo. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm good now. Water polo, guys. Let me tell you about water polo. <laughs> I think you would probably beat me at go-karting. We should do it. But the thing is, I think I get... I think the first two or three laps, I'd be awful. And then oh, I'd yeah. get to grips with well, it, and I'd be pretty it? good. Would Shannon do it? Why don't we go me, Shannon, and Sonata? Would Shannon not like it? I feel like it's something she wouldn't want to do. Sonata loved it when we went in yeah. Liverpool. So it was really good. Yeah. yeah I can't imagine Shannon enjoying yeah, go-karting. Yeah, fuck it, we'll just go. Yeah, me and you. The boys. Yeah. The, the boys. boys. The boys will go. Right, um, so... Uh, Moose has also asked. Yeah, well, just while we're on that, I'd absolutely annihilate you at badminton tennis. Yeah, you would do. Hundred percent. How good are you though, mate? Come on, do it me. No, growing I'm up, so much better. Growing I'm up, so, I was so good. good. Really? Um, I'm awful. At tennis, I, I was very good at I'm tennis awful. at one point. I wasn't. I wasn't amazing. But I was above average. Yeah. Yeah. What are things like? What's an unexpected sport that you're good at? Or an unexpected, not sport, but activity. Think something that you're like, like darts. I'm awful at darts. Again, I would be awful now, but I had a darts board growing up and yeah. I was good at it because I practised. But I'm, I'd yeah. be awful now. Pool, we were so bad. Yeah, but again, it's just practice. Like, yeah. If we had a pool table and we played an hour a day every night, we'd be good yeah, in two true. weeks. We wouldn't be yeah. amazing. We wouldn't yeah. be playing in the professional leagues, but we'd be pretty good. It's mm. just practice. Like, yeah. So I, I was decent at darts growing up. I was decent at tennis. I was decent at badminton because we played yeah. those sports like at school and stuff. I haven't played them really at all. Yeah. Um, I used to right. tennis. Yeah. I, I had tennis, but I wasn't very good at it. And I was annoyed that I wasn't very good at it. Yeah, me and Will, one of my mates, like practiced it. We used to play, like, through summer holidays, we'd play, like, probably three, four hours a day. Mm. Like, this is when we were, like, secondary school. Yeah. So we were playing at like, When Will was on, everyone used to play. Yeah. And everyone would bring their tennis rackets, and then it would turn off, like, no, no one would bring yeah, their tennis after, rackets. After, like, two yeah. weeks, so it was yeah. done. Right, who have you got lined up on the uh, next to come on the pod, slash who's been asked most to come on? Well, we said Josh Corbin a few times. Yeah. We've got, we had a list. Should I go through the list? Yeah, if you want. But the problem is, is obviously with the locations. We said that we want to get people who are more like location-based in the sense of like obviously local. local tours. So we're not having to get someone to travel. And then also it would be where like ideally we'd either get a training session in, which would move the day we do it around. Because if someone's travelling for an hour or two, it'd be good if we could get a session in, obviously, and stuff like that. Like, you know? Zach Daniels of Zach Daniels Fitness. Zach Daniels. <laughs> Zach Daniels. Would actually, Zach says. Daniels would be really good to, to, to get on. Because yeah. Zach's, Zach's a proper good lad. Yeah, I love So that, we've Zach. got Maka Morris. Yep. Sanaya and Shannon. Yeah. Um, Adam Powell we've had on. Yep. Mark Hector. Josh, if, he, if he follows me back on Instagram. Josh Maley, AJ Morris, Senor. Senor Morris. Jack Thorburn, Nathan Styles, Dan Bastard. Thorburn's been on too many podcasts. We're not having Thorburn on. Jack, you've been on too many podcasts. I think Thorburn would be a good Thorburn one. would be good, I think, with us. Because we're not going to ask him the generic questions. Yeah, so not... be, I think it'd be good. Yeah. Um, Dan Bastic, uh, Jack Buff, Matthew Chapman. BWD. Yeah. We were just we started to put clients down. Like I put Millie down. I've got Niall down. Like I think that's mainly just to sort of chat to them about prep and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But again, like I wouldn't be like, oh, make sure you travel to the podcast studio. Like it's Josh it's and Noah would be good to get on. Yeah, Josh and Noah would be good. Yeah. Um, Zach Daniels of Zach Daniels Fitness. We said Mark Cooper's. You know Mark. Um, what's his name? Yeah, Hudson. Hudson. Yeah. Mark Hudson. Uh, Lewis Jones. Yeah. Future Physiques, uh, Ethan Kavanagh, we, we do like Ethan, Mbappe, yeah. as he's called. Yeah. Or Josh calls him Mbappe. World's strongest single-arm Dorian Yates rower. Yeah. Um, Joven, yeah. everybody's forgot about yeah, him. Yeah, just disappeared. Joven's disappeared, yeah. yeah. Uh, Josh Dougal. Yeah. He's big. Yeah, he's a big guy. <laughs> yeah, David Langsdale. Who? Who? <laughs> Have we actually got him down? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got a few others. Um... So, yeah, I mean, we, we have a couple of times put like a story on of who you'd like, and that's like, that. not all of those people came up. But like, Lewis came up a couple of times. I think Mark Hector came up a couple of times. Yeah. AJ obviously comes up. Yeah. Thorburn comes up. We've had George Osborne on. So, yeah, if you're someone you really, really want, yeah. just ask us. Oh, we're going to do Mum's episode. My mum actually spoke about it the other day. And my mum said, like, one of the first things she said when I got there, she was like, oh, you're not my favourite son, Reese's. And I was like, 
You've never even met him. Yeah. Not yet. Well, that's what you think. Yeah. That's what you think, but you don't know that. Met loads. No, we should do that. I think it would be a, a funny episode getting mums on. What? Just your mum? And well, then my do mom both or we do them separate? I think doing like a separate and then a together one would be good. Yeah, so like just we trying to get four people around. Yeah, if we, draft, if we drafted one in, it was like, right, 20 minutes, then another 20 minutes, and then you do them together, that'd be quite good. Yeah. You know, we'd have to tell your mum you're on gear. Oh, don't say that. I'd 100% bring it up. I mean, yeah, she knows. <laughs> I think you'd be weird about it. No, I, no, she knows. I think <laughs> you'd be weird about it. Okay. So you'd be weird about it now. Okay, so let's carry on. <laughs> um, no, mate, don't say that. It's just because people will take that out of context and be like, oh, you're joking. This is this is the thing. This is like what that, that Cam Z Fitness said. Because we joke. No, well, I, I, 100%. It. If, when we, if and when we do the podcast with yeah. your mum and we talk about steroids, I think yeah. you'll be weird about it. I don't think I'd be weird about it. Mate, she asks me all the time. Like I say she hasn't asked me recently, but she asks me all the time. She says, I'm, she, she helps she, it. She couldn't. No. Jesus Christ. Right. Um, is the use all your tools at the start approach to a deficit effective for most people? We've talked about this loads. Yeah. We've we, we talked about how much we, yeah. we've changed it. We've changed yeah. the game. We've spoke, we've changed it to do use all your tools, haven't we? Yeah. Is that what they're asking? Yeah, is the use all your tools at the start? Oh, approach? so they're asking an new approach. Yeah, like our new approach. So basically, should we throw the kitchen sink, clean your hand by and T3, T4? Yeah, but that's not what we're no, talking no, about. No, we don't like, say that. When, I feel like this is such a, that's such a, like a basic question to something we've gone into detail with. Yeah, we have spoken about yeah, that quite that, a bit. Yeah, that's like, if you were to watch it, we, we'd struggle to, Synthesize an answer based on just that. Like yeah. that would need to be more specific for I us think to if go you into look greater detail. Maybe the past couple of episodes, I wouldn't know which one it was exactly, but we definitely spoke about it, and we kind of said that the traditional idea is like, don't use all your tools at once because then what are you going to do? Whereas we've said actually use a good amount of your tools, get them all out, and use everything that you need, and then put them back in the toolbox when you don't need them, or you can basically start reversing out. Yeah, that's the analogy. So, for example. There's nothing wrong with dropping your food quite low at the start of a prep because you've got a lot of fat. There's nothing wrong with doing a lot of steps at the start of a prep because you've got a lot of fat. There's nothing wrong with doing a lot of cardio. I'm not saying chuck all the drugs and everything else at mm-hmm. it, like, but in terms of, especially looking at it from a natural side of things, like I've had clients where I've pulled off like 400 carbs to start their prep yeah. and they're like, what, that's loads of food? And I'm like, yeah, but you're still on 300 carbs. Yeah you're not going to finish your prep on 300 carbs or your carbs are going to get lower than 300. So why would we just wait and wait and wait? Like, I'm not saying you should do that for everyone. And I haven't done that with everyone. It's not like with every single individual, you should just put their food as low as humanly possible just because they've got fat to lose. Like, that's not what we're saying. But don't be afraid to make significant changes. Don't be so sort of tentative at the start of a prep when you've got a lot of fat. Yeah. Like, be aggressive at the start and be tentative towards the end. And there's nothing wrong with... If you if you gain weight in the last six to eight weeks of a prep, there's nothing wrong with that if you were ready early and you just look better. Like, that is great. Like, if you, if you can be ready, let's say maybe, maybe six to eight weeks is quite long, especially yeah. if you've got multiple shows. But let's say that is, like, just one show. If you're ready six weeks early, I'd be like, this is mint. Yeah, you're, you're good because we're yeah. just going to work back up from here and think how many times you'll say people will go oh i look so much better like two weeks after the show or especially the day after the show when stress has dropped off like if you can kind of encompass that by getting ready early and then reversing out and working your food up and dropping your fatigue basically plan for the as if the show was a month earlier than it actually is amazing and in order to do that you're probably going to need to be aggressive at the start rather than sort of wait it out and then be like oh shit I'm behind now I need to be aggressive because you didn't use the tools use the tools and then put them back yeah good one good answer yeah you got any more Uh, I think two more mate yeah Um, Danny Regan do a keepy up competition between you and Reese on the pod Finn would win I'm I'm above average at kick up yeah right in all seriousness there's a video on YouTube I think it's still on there of me I think I was like 11 or well, i don't know how old i was but it's titled like 11 year old does 200 and something kick-ups i don't know what it was and i was in the garden and my mum was filming and i was doing kick-ups and i had my nanny top on nanny 17 man united okay. it was yeah. black i think it was black with like the gray the gold, stripes gold. or gold yeah, yeah. Gold, yeah. Um, i had i even had an i'm sure i had a, a man united um like beanie hat on jesus christ uh this is, this is who i train with or i class my best as my best mate do you yeah, I'm quite sure best mate. 
but that's mad. Oh my god. Um, right, and I, I would, the thing is as well, like, I could do, I could probably do more than that now, mm. but I was so buzzing at the time. The thing is, mate, like, you, if you go on it, you'll see my were garden. Were they good keeping? Oh, mate, I was all over the garden. Oh, yeah. Oh, literally, yeah. yeah they weren't all. <laughs> Chase, I saw a video the other day, it was Ivan Tony. And he was like, I'm Ivan Tony. Like, he must have been like 16 or something. He was like a young lad. He was yeah. like, I'm Ivan Tony, I'm a striker. And he was doing like skills and kick ups. Honestly, he's awful. Oh. He can't play football. Like, he's Have you seen Jordan Henderson in his like Sunderland days? Yeah, look like amazing. Ron, no, look like Ronaldinho. Yeah, amazing. Literally, look like he's Ronaldinho. good at football. Yeah. Ivan Tony is not good at football. Like, he's, I'm saying he's doing well. Finn's agenda against. Finn has, for people that aren't aware, the number one agenda Mate, against Ivan Tony. Finn, Finn if you, despises if you on Twitter, just put, like, like, young Ivan Tony, it'll probably come up, right? Yeah. Honestly, he looks awful. He looks like he can't play. He's, like, trapping the ball and, like, standing on it. It's awful. Did you, did you see um, Usman Dembele when he signed for Barcelona? Oh, and he couldn't do could Yeah, he was, like, he tried to do some flick over his head and the ball, like, bounced so off bad. him, yeah. And then, like, what was it, like, two years back before, three years ago, they were, like, I can't remember who they signed or someone. He was just, like, doing keep-up. He's like, Real Madrid signed somebody. And it was like, then you go and sign his man Dembele for like 100 plus mil and you can't even do a keep-up. In all seriousness, I think that does sh- like show the quality of a player. Like, if you can't just do a few kick-ups, a yeah. couple around the world, you can't do a bit of skill, like, yeah. I don't think you're a very good footballer. But there's a difference between being a footballer and being a baller. Yeah. You know, like, Ivan Tony probably isn't a baller. No, but he's a good footballer. Good footballer. I was a yeah. baller, but I wasn't a good but footballer. Mohamed Salah, if you were to put Mohamed Salah, to be fair, his touch probably would be good. But yeah, I bet but Salah I isn't as impressive as Eden Hazard. You know, no, that is good. That is a good example. Yeah, I was better at skills and doing kick-ups and fire side yeah, yeah, than yeah. I was at actual yeah. football. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'd win. Okay, I mean, we could do it. We'll do Finn, it. No, I wouldn't even want to try. Finn would destroy. I'd get like fifteen max, maybe. I could maybe go on a good run if I got lucky, but I wouldn't even try. Um, right? Would you rather do the first ninety-nine percent of head or the last one percent? So ninety-nine percent or last one percent. No, no. Yeah, 99, yeah, 99. I don't want that. I don't want that. We don't say what it is. We don't want that. We don't want that, do we? No, we don't want that. We'd rather not. Conrad, underscore 101. My client, Conrad, not your Conrad. What drive you and Reese to start going to the gym and actually training seriously? It wasn't really anything like I could just put it. It's like specific. We've answered this before. What kind of got us into training? One of my mates was like wanting to bulk up, bulk up, bruh, for, for rugby. And I was uh, an overweight kid who played a bit too much Call of Duty and was like, oh, I probably could get into this. Didn't really like it. Carried on because he carried on. He then stopped. I just continued because my granddad, like, almost peer pressured me to be like, the hell are you going to do if you're not training? And I then, after like a whole summer of going to the gym, looked at myself and went, oh, I actually look alright. And I did enjoy it. I enjoyed the like the aspects of progression, but it was never a case because I was so young and there wasn't really any information out there. Like it was 2013, 2012. Like it was just a case of, oh cool, I'm doing my exercises that I've looked on some YouTube videos for and what feels good for me. I'm copying a few people who are bigger than me in the gym, and then eventually you start pushing yourself. And I remember seeing people who were pressing like two, three plates on a bench, thinking that looks quite cool. I'd quite like to do that when I'm pressing 10 kilos per side. And then it's just a case of that kind of ever want to be a little bit better. And then eventually you get to a point where you're like, oh, I actually trained pretty hard. But it was never a case of like day, like, okay, day one of 2023, uh, 2023, I'm going to start trying. And imagine I'd be the best bodybuilder ever if I started trying this year. But let's say it wasn't a case where I just woke up on my 14th or 15th birthday and was like, right, this is when I'm going to take yeah, it seriously. It's not like a pin drop moment or no. where the sort but of I like, never like I never missed sessions even drops. when I started like I never missed sessions it wasn't ever a case of like I just used to go to the gym and just used to enjoy it like after the yeah. first couple of months of not enjoying it and then it was just like part of my routine I used to I never went home on the school bus ever because I used to just literally take my gym stuff the second that school would be done I'd just go to the gym and I'd train and that was literally just what I did like my mum yeah. would pick me up uh, when she was finished at work at like six-ish. So it was like from three till six, I've got time to go to the gym. And I'd have like two hours, I'd eat some food when I'm done, and I'd go and train. And then I'd be like, just have to, I'd like train till six. Yeah. And that was literally what it was. And I'd do that Monday to Monday, to Monday really. Like I was literally doing it every day. Do you think what actually makes you start taking it seriously is just the fact that you actually started to see progress? Mm. Because I think, for example, if after a year... Yeah, you looked no different. Would you carry on? I remember because I started out and I was doing loads. I was like running, not eating that much, and I remember like thinking to myself, I could probably be doing this a bit better. 
So I almost wanted to be doing better. So I was watching more videos, listening to more yeah. podcasts. I was like wanting to refine what I was doing, but I could. I, I think it's impossible to say like because if you didn't look, if you didn't see any progress, it'd be different. But then also you're getting stronger. Like I remember like the buzz on my. I think it was my 14th birthday. I flat benched a plate beside for 10 reps, and it was on my 14th. And I wanted that before my birthday. And I remember I did it on my birthday, and I was like. Oh, a bit bit sweet because I'm a birthday. I wanted it like a couple of days before, I wanted to do it before. But I was really happy because I was like, I've got 10 reps. That's what I wanted. <clears throat> so it was like, that's but that was the progression for me. And then I think it just kind of continued with that. But it wasn't ever just like, okay, I want to have my legs look like this. So I want to have, no. you know. But I feel like that progression does <coughs> play a massive role. Like, yeah. So I feel like. Especially at this initial stage. Yeah, I think initially you have some form of driver that gets you to the gym. So, yeah. like, for you, it was your mate went. For me, it was my mates were yeah. going. So, that gets you there. But then, like, what actually keeps you there? Because yeah. now, like, a lot of my mates don't train. Probably the guy that started when you started, yeah, does yeah. he train? Like, yeah. no. So, there's something that keeps you there. Yeah. And I think, for me, that was probably wanting to be the best that I can be at everything that I do. Yeah. Like, I don't like stopping, you know what I mean? If yeah. it's like... Unless it's something that's really not productive for me, yeah. then I obviously I want to stop. Yeah. But if it's something that I know is good for me, like I'm going to be like, right, I don't want to stop this because I know that it's good for me and it's just yeah. a case of time. So I think then once I've put enough time in, like once you start putting more time in, you want to do better. So you go, yeah. well, obviously if I'm putting this amount of time in, I should probably be learning a bit more about it. Yeah. So like say you start watching YouTube videos, you start tracking your food, you start, like I used to love tracking my food. Yeah. I used to get so excited, like planning my fitness pal, logging what can I fit in today and yeah, like yeah. what would be the best protein source for me in terms of cost and you know, like in terms of if I go and shop at Morrison's, how much does eat each food cost in terms of thirty grams of protein that I want to get in? Like yeah. I used to love doing all that because I was learning and I was like yeah. experimenting with it. And I think like once I was doing all that and like training just became part of all that you know what i mean yeah. just experimenting yeah, and getting like an better accessory at it. towards getting better yeah and, and then the progression once you've done that without i don't even think i ever used to think like oh i hope i'm looking bigger no but i was always like that with any aspect like when i play fifa when i was a kid i'd want a better left winner yeah. so i'd like i'd play for a whole day and play loads of like division yeah. six games get promoted and i'd be like oh, is I've that, now is that just card. normal because like i feel like every kid must surely just yeah want, like if i lost on fifa i was fuming yeah yeah i was the same yeah but is that normal or is that just how we are yeah i think that's normal for a lot of people yeah but i think for a lot of people like what why do you even care no like, i was always like i, I want to be good yeah, at i want to be doing better yeah, yeah, yeah i want to be doing better and then with training more. like you do that and if you if it's if if you have that mentality and you want to be good at something you just keep at it yeah like not only will you get better at it but you'll also then see the results and then that makes you be like, oh, this is working, so I'll keep doing yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, JP, MBMT, mm-hmm. shredded now. Yeah. He's in the trenches. Uh, bodybuilding to make the Olympics. And, oh. then, and then you put this emoji, and then uh, crying, laughing emoji. Yeah, put that one. One of them. Bodybuilding to make the Olympics. What, in the sense of like... Do you think it'll ever be in the Olympics? Um, no, because the Olympics are trick tested. So natural bodybuilder, maybe. Potentially. That'd be good. That would be good. That would actually be that'd be a really good segue for natural bodybuilding to be way more popular. I don't think it would be. But then I don't think it no, I don't think it would be. But I think it would be a cool way to be like, well you can compete at the Olympics if you're natural. But But the thing is as well, like I don't think I don't think bodybuilding's ever gonna be mainstream because it's not it's not something that most people like or, or it's not very appealing to the masses. No. It's like, very odd. If we went to the supermarket now and asked everybody that came in, do you think this looks good? And it was Big Rammy. <laughs> everybody would be like, oh my God, he looks awful. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, like, oh, I hate to look like yeah. that. Yeah. So it's not appealing no. and it's not something that most, obviously in our, like, in our realm, we yeah. think it's massive. And yeah. it is massive in this sort of certain small group of people. Like, in the grand scheme like, of things, it is a small group of people. If you think about strongmen, like strongmen competitions, that's on TV every year. You know, and that's like very popularized. But in that, the sense of I normal. feel like that's more—it's almost more relatable that's in terms no, of like, mean, oh, that's strong. Yeah, like that's they what know I mean. what's yeah. strong, they don't know yeah. what looks good that's in what bodybuilding. I mean. Yeah, like bodybuilding. If you were to put up, like, let's say I was to show an average individual, you've got Jeremy Buendia, 
sebum and big rammy objectively speaking big rammy is the best bodybuilder there relative to muscle maybe sebum because he's very good yeah. but like they pro- most people would look at sebum and general brandier and go even that's too much, but that looks better than that. Yeah. But it's like, well, he's bigger, has more muscle. Yeah, if you showed him like David Lade, yeah. he'd probably go, yeah, I'd, I'd yeah. like to look like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, and if you were to compare then Arnold to, let's say, Arnold to Big Ramy, anyone would choose Arnold because yeah. he's it's not as conditioned. No, he's not as conditioned. It's not as it's not as freaky. It's yeah. like like it's a good look in the sense of he's a big, big dude. Same as like Seaman, but obviously to an even more extreme. But extent. I think with strongman. Yeah, it's it like is more relatable. Big and man picks up big weight. Wow, impressive. Yeah, and also yeah. like, if you think about it, like they don't look great. Yeah, like, they're, no, they're not meant to. But like, so, and I also think as well. Do you not think like when you watch something, there's going to be that level of insecurity. In That's exactly what I was going to say. Sat around, we're eating shit food like takeaway. I was just going to say. And if that. someone looks like incredibly like lean and defined, they're no probably going to feel gonna, good. Yeah, no, they're yeah. just going to make themselves feel bad. If you watch Strongman, like, I can imagine, and this is not being harsh to anybody, but I can imagine. 50 year old bloke but happy to watch strongman because yeah, they look like big lads yeah. just training yeah. and it's like it's quite cool for them to watch yeah. but if i can't imagine them ever wanting to watch bodybuilding because they're probably going to be like well first of all i don't have any interest in this no. i don't really relate to it because i don't know what they're looking for and stuff but also i don't want to watch blokes walking around in their pants yeah. who look good yeah like, or look good relatively to what the criteria is but, yeah. yeah yeah so i don't think it's ever going to be no. popularized in the mainstream Progress forwards has asked me a question. I don't know. I'm going to go on their page because I don't know what that is. Um, 29 followers. Sick. So basically they've asked, come up with three ridiculous viral marketing strategies for the podcast that you might actually do. That's, we need a bit of time for that. Have sex on the podcast? Sex on the podcast, yeah. Can um, I actually do that? Sure, right now. Yeah, yeah. exclusive content coming soon. Yeah. Um, that would 100% get more views. If we want, we did a once you're in, you're in uh, OnlyFans. Once you're in, you're OnlyFans, exclusive. Once you're in, you're in, and it'd be like, yeah, yeah. yeah. God, that'd be scary. Um, yeah. It works on so many levels, doesn't it? Once you're in. Finn, Finn takes gear. Yeah, that'd be a good, that'd like, be good. Yeah, like live, Finn, on the live on the pod. Finn, Finn hands in his natty card, yeah. just pin him with like some tests. Anything. Instantly, like, oh, she feels so much more. It's the most muscular. He's like, ready, let's go fucking that's train. Two. That's two. Yeah. Only fans and me, um, me jump on gear. Three ridiculous viral marketing strategies for the podcast that you might actually do. Well, we're not going to actually do those two. Imagine if I got my gyno surgery done on the pop. That would have been good. That would have been funny. I was just lying down. We could have done that. Yeah, that would have been quite good. You know? So, yeah. I don't know what else would be a viral marketing strategy. Yeah, viral. Anything that we could think about that would do popular? Mm. Nah, let's move on. If you've got any suggestions, let us know. Progress forward. Definitely do it. Nautilus vertical chest press. Last question for me. Uh, Any difference between neutral and horizontal grip? Yes, there is going to be a difference. Yeah, there is actually. Leave it at that. One's that's going to be the, here. That's the answer. Is it, have you, you done questions? Yeah, yeah. One's here and one's here. No, it's going to basically depend on your elbow position relative to the bias that you want. Like, if we were to think about, let's say, if we're going for the neutral grip, it's going to naturally have our elbow more tucked as a result. It's going to be a little bit more tricep uh, dominant. But I think a lot of people, and we've said this before when it comes to presses, one thing that just drives us mad is like, you, you, you're still going to get good amount of chest. You're still going to get front delt. If you were to go for the, let's say, for the, the, the let's say the, the pronated grip, like I think he said horizontal, but pronated grip. If you're going for the pronated grip, it's not going to instantly have a zero tricep activation and oh, so much more chest. There's going to be a bit more of a bias towards the chest. Elbow path is going to be the most important thing here. But if you were to manipulate your elbow path on the the, the neutral on the on the um, on the pronated grip, it's going to still bias the tricep. So it's like one of them where what I would usually do, and this is what we've done on this bit of kit before. And I don't feel like we have a set position of we always do one thing. We'll kind of jump on it and go, what feels better today? Yeah. And like once we've picked, let's say if we were to have it in for a rotation for a mezzo, we would pick and stick with it consistently. But we'll usually end up doing, like, let's say that machine probably once every, what, like three or four months randomly when we're at a gym with it. And we'll just kind of jump on it, see what feels better. We might band it, we might not, but we just think what feels best for us internally. So I wouldn't be thinking, okay, I need to do a closed grip press because it needs to bias the tricep. I do a closed grip Atlantis incline press whenever I do that. 
that's not to bias the dry set, it just feels better than the wide grip for me personally. Where with other people, they might go, oh, I don't really like the close grip, I prefer the wide grip because I can feel it more in my chest. And it's really a case of what feels best with you relative to your individual mechanics and relative to what you want to get out of the exercise. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that's all true. But I, I, I would say for the vast majority of people, if you're trying to get more chest out of it, which is a chest press machine, so you probably are, then I would probably actually use the, the neutral grip just because the elbow path is going to be a little bit more favourable. Like if you're up here, I mean, like Reese said, you could adjust it. There's no reason that you have to be up here when you do a pronated grip. You could just adjust the seat height and you could be here, in which case your elbow is still going to be relatively tucked and you're still going to be in a position favourable for the pec. Yeah. But I think with the neutral grip, especially on that Nautilus one, it does work on a slight incline anyway. So it aligns quite nicely with those sternal fibres anyway. So... I would generally recommend the neutral grip for most people most of the time when you're trying to get more chest out of it. Yeah, good answer. Good part. Camera's about to die. Perfect, that. Right, that's part two. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching. See you later, guys.